Welcome everybody to the Just Joe Podcast. This is episode four. Um, this one probably gets more personal than anything else, and it's going to be a big part of my podcast going forward. Is uh, I've battled with panic disorder for the better part of my life, not even my adult life, but at this point, being at forty-five years old, I started having panic attacks around the age of twenty. So you know, I've been dealing with them for more than half of my life. Uh, this is a big big, big thing for me. And it's going to be, like I said, a major part of this podcast is mental health and mental wellness. 20 years old, I reached a turning point in my life and I started having panic attacks, which seemed to come out of nowhere. Anybody who suffers from an anxiety disorder, anxiety attacks or panic attacks know that they seemingly come out of nowhere. And at the time when I was 20, there wasn't a lot of uh, knowledge, I would say, of how to correctly treat them. So I was immediately just prescribed a antidepressant and said that this would fix it. Was not told to help, you know, go out and seek therapy or anything like that. That was something that is, um, that came along many, many years later after decades of uh, suffering and having yo-yos. I would have moments in my life where, you know, I could get the panic under control, whether it was a medication or my life seemed to be kind of getting better on course and they would always seem to creep back in. And I would use other ways other than prescribed medication, but also drugs, alcohol, um, promiscuity, any way to kind of mask the fact that I was suffering from this disorder. So it wasn't until the past couple of years of my life that I finally said that I'm going to do this. And I went back on medication for a short period of time in order to get a hold of this. And um, I can honestly say at 45, I feel more in control with my panic and anxiety than I ever had in my life. So this is gonna get personal over the course of any of these episodes that I bring somebody in we talk mental health. I'm here to help in my own little way make the stigma around mental health break down. Too many times people are brushed aside, they, oh, you just need to take it easy or you need to just breathe or this'll pass or you know, just try to think of something happy. That doesn't work for people who suffer from this. And more and more of us suffer, and we're seeing more and more of this being very prevalent. And I think it's time that we treat this disorder like we treat anything else. We've been aggressive with cancer, just you know, research and trying to cure cancer and certain diseases. We need to do the same with our mental health. We need to have that same thing. So I'm going to do my part. I'm very happy to have this guest on today. This will be my first of many guests when we talk about mental health. So stay tuned. I hope you enjoy this podcast. Hope you enjoy this journey. I just want to let you know, you're not alone. I've been doing it. I still struggle with it. We can do it. This podcast is brought to you by Tismart Cigar Shop and Lounge. Guys, you like smoking cigars? Ladies, you like smoking cigars? You can go there. You can buy some of the finest cigars in the area. You can also sit in the lounge and relax and enjoy them in a nice, nice environment. Check out Tismart Cigar Shop and Lounge located in Burton in the 5501 Bartell Road. Tismart Cigar Shop and Lounge. Welcome everybody. Episode four of the Just Joe podcast. My guest today is my good friend and police officer, Ann Beaupre. Say hello to everybody. Hello, everybody. Uh, she heads up the peer support group for the Syracuse Police Department. And also, don't you are a negotiator for anyone who is uh, possibly like if they're on a bridge or, you know, like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Part of our uh, negotiation team. Yeah. So like they'll call you in and you have to drive in from deep into Oswego County <laughs> to come down and take care of somebody. But, you know, that's what you do. That's your that's your job. So 
Uh, this episode, I'm talking about mental health. Uh, it's going to be a big part of my podcast. And uh, you're the first person I'm having on to talk about mental health, suicide, the stigma around it all. And not just within the police department, but within society in general, because of the kind of all cross section. You see a lot of it being in the job that you are. You see it on both sides. Yes. Yeah. You know, very important. What got you, which got you into pushing to a little background if you want to. Yeah. I know a little bit of it, but I want you to kind of explain it to everybody is why you push to be in this part of the, the peer support group in mental health. Absolutely. I have a lot, well, a lot of reasons. Personally, my father was a Marine and a Vietnam vet. And when I was 14, he completed suicide. So that really was always been important to me, mental health and, you know, taking care of yourself and, you know, military world and the police world are very parallel and the kind of trauma that we witness and deal with. So that was another bridge to that. And I just, I've been on the Syracuse Police Department for almost 19 years now on patrol so I see how important mental health is, not just to law enforcement, just to the community in general, because that's a lot of calls yeah. that I answer mental health related. Yeah, unfortunately. But I mean, and, and, and that's a, you know, a good background story to why you got to where you are. But as a police officer, do you think that all police officers are, have PTSD at this point? Like if you're on the job, no matter if you're on three months, 30 years, yeah. you're experiencing trauma at an exponential rate, more than like, say, other people in society or people that are working at a, you know, a, a nine to five job. Yes, it's definitely a higher rate. And statistically, they say 98% of law enforcement has some type of post-traumatic stress symptom. So it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. that we have the disorder, but definitely we experience symptoms. And I would say those couple percent that don't are because they're in the academy. <laughs> so yeah. they haven't, yeah. I'm going to say, how could it not be 100%, especially, yeah. you know, doing what you do and, and, and experience what you, you know, unfortunately have to experience, but, you know, yeah, you go into this. I mean, do you think when there's a new recruit coming in, or as, as you probably maybe had a better perspective on it, but do you think that some of the new recruits that are coming in have any idea that, like, what they actually might be in for and if they're mentally ready for it. I mean, I don't know if you're going to ever be known if you're mentally ready for it, but. Yeah, that's a good question. It's it's hard to say because, like you said, everybody has different backgrounds. Um, yeah. We have a lot of military that end up in the this line of work with police. Um, so I think they have a better idea. But I don't really know if you can be prepared until you are doing it. You yeah. just You just don't know. And even my good friends that have been in legit war have said that they were not prepared for what we have to see day in and day out because they said at least when they're deployed, they know there's an end and when that end is. But right. in law enforcement, you have at least 20 years. And now the new cops coming on, they have longer. They don't have retirement at 20 years. So oh, it's a long time yeah. to be witnessing trauma every single shift that you work. Right. Yeah. But you're seeing more as, as what you're doing now within the police department that there's going to be resources for these people to, to draw upon where as, you know, 20, 30, 40 years ago, there oh. wasn't, you just, you grabbed the bottle of booze or you, sure. you found some other way to kind of self-medicate or you end up having your relationships break down all these things. So like, this is what you're trying to do is like, Hey, we know you're going to go through a bunch of shit. Yes we're here to kind of help you navigate that yeah. as opposed to what it could have been 10, 15, 20 years ago. Oh, very true. And we're lucky for our department where we started our peer support team when it wasn't necessarily popular. And there's still a lot of police agencies locally that do not have them. 
So we're really lucky that we do have the training. We have a team of people that are trained and we have resources. We have a couple psychologists that work directly with our police department. And also we've worked really hard to educate the police department and change that culture of just, you know, we're tough. We can handle this kind of culture where, you know, it's biological. People think they have control over the symptoms and the reactions, but you don't. It's biological. It's your body's way of surviving. And and whether it's something that happens, like you immediately experience that trauma and like a day later it hits you, it could take weeks, months, even years before it kind of surfaces. Absolutely. I mean, I know from my experiences, you know, like I was telling a little story before we started chatting about like how everything kind of started with me and it kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. There's a lot of factors that could have, you know, I think played into that, but I think it was a culmination of a four or five year period. Yeah. And it wasn't one thing that I could really put my finger on. Yeah. And then it happened again later in life when I lost my father and the whole experience of losing my dad. And that kind of resurfaced some more stuff because as human beings, we're all going to go through trauma at some point. And some of the trauma, it, 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 I was having a conversation the other day and I tried to tell somebody that you could witness the most horrific thing in the world. And then, oh my God, of course that person's going to have trauma, but someone else could witness something that's traumatic to them and it could still have the same effect as witnessing the most horrific thing you could imagine. But to them, that's still traumatic and your brain still reacts the same way, regardless, you know, and I think as a human being, you're going to experience that at some point in your life and whether it's going to affect you that way or not, it remains to be seen. Well, that's the thing where everybody's different and everybody's body reacts differently to different things. So what might affect somebody immediately, but somebody else it'll affect them years down the road. And mm-hmm. it's also cumulative too. Trauma's yeah. cumulative. Yeah. So it could be one major incident, but it also can be all these incidents that traumatize you over over the years. And I also try and tell people, witnessing trauma doesn't mean it has to happen to you nope. or you have to actually see it. You can witness trauma through your friends. If a friend's telling you a story about something traumatic, then that's witnessing trauma. So in law enforcement, we don't have to see the trauma to that person, but that person telling us that story is a form of witnessing trauma. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I guess I didn't even think of it that way. I've always explained trauma and at least my panic disorder as like a glass of water. And each time you have like, you know, a, a stressful situation or a mini panic attack or anything like that, there's a drop of water put in, there's a sip of water put in, there's different things. And eventually your glass of water is going to be full. So that last little bit that actually takes you over to having a panic attack or a depressive episode or a bipolar, a manic, whatever you want to call it, it could just be something as simple as like someone just veering close to you in a car and then all of a sudden it sets you off and it feels like it came out of nowhere, which it yeah. didn't come out of nowhere. It took years or months to get up to this point where your glass is basically spilling and then you don't have control and then you're like, oh my God, what the fuck do I do right now? You know, so it's really a great analogy. You know, and it's that's true. the way I looked at it, especially when I started kind of really facing this a couple of years ago. But, you know, again, it's different for everybody. Yes. You know, a huge thing is for everybody to just be aware and awareness is huge. Just be aware of what's going on within yourself and how it's affecting you, your mental health yeah. and your body. Be aware and like take care of that. Take yeah. care of yourself. And not just ignore it or push it down. Because right. like you said, it's it's going to come out. Just And I, I try and tell people, you, if you're in a car crash and your arm breaks, you don't have control over that broken bone. Right. That's an impact on you. It's the same, same type of thing. You, this stuff is coming at you and you're experiencing trauma or just life, stress. Something's going to give. And, it, you know, everybody's different. It could give in any kind of way. But it's biological. You don't have control over that in your body. But no. you do have control over 
how you take care of yourself and react to that and then yeah. acknowledge it. I mean, when I got diagnosed with panic disorder 25 years ago, there wasn't, I was saying before this, I, I went to the doctor and the doctor knew what I was experiencing and just like, oh, well, here's, here's Zoloft. Take this. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. She didn't be like, hey, we should probably get you to a therapist or, you know, maybe to a peer group or something like that. But 25 years ago, they didn't really exist. No. You know, it was more like it was either you were in that situation or you ended up, at, you know, in a mental institution of some sort. There was no like places in the middle. Yeah. And it's only in the past couple of years with all the losses. of. I mean, it's, unfortunately, it's almost it seems like every day or every week we're losing a celebrity. We're losing somebody in in media or you know and there's people obviously we don't know about don't hear about but these high profile people are just seem to be falling by the wayside yeah way more often and the statistics have shown that suicide is dramatically up it is across yeah. the board it's through the roof in law enforcement yeah and that was that's sort of my next question so yeah. the law enforcement is seeing that is probably that spike even more yes it's so what in a perfect world you can't obviously fix something like this overnight because it just took decades to get to where we are now. How do you, how do we reverse this and slowly start going back the other way? Not just in law enforcement, but overall. I, I really think it boils down to, like I said, being being aware and realizing that it doesn't make a person weak or that mm -hmm. there's anything wrong with them, so to speak. It's it's just something we have no control over, but you have to be aware and take care of it. Um, a lot of it's education. But I've had so many cops tell me, you know, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I, you know, I'm, I feel like so weak and, you know, this isn't like me. And it's like, no, like the fact that you're even talking about it, I think makes you incredibly strong that, and brave. To that's a huge step. Right. There's a lot of people don't say that. Or when I talk about it and people are like, I can't believe that, you know, someone like you experiences that and you're so open about it. I go, this is how I deal with it. Yeah. It's easier for me to kind of get that out. And, you know, maybe I say a little more than other people, but I know where my position is and what I can do, not only for myself, but it influences other people. In my eyes, I would love to see an education system put together that goes all the way down to when you start getting into school, yeah. whether it's preschool or elementary, you know, health class is always that just, it's, oh, it's health right. class, go to health class, but you know, math and, and everything else is, mm -hmm. seems more important. There's not enough on that health aspect other than like, hey, this is how you, okay. eventually it's just, you know, how you put on a condom, this is how you put a Band-Aid on. It's like, yeah. we should have a courses throughout that let everybody know this is what's going to happen because I think that's more important to learn 100%. what two plus two is. I agree 100%. You know? I mean, it's real life stuff that everybody's yeah. going to face and have to deal with. And it's really about surviving. And especially with the social media world that these kids are growing up in. Yeah, I don't know. I, it's awful. I'm glad that it's, I didn't it, grow I, up with I, it. I, and, and it's almost, I hate to say this, but you almost feel that it might get worse before it gets better. Yeah. And I don't want to say that, but until we kind of figure out how people can navigate being so interactive and so socially connected. I know. And the power that has over people in their minds. Yes. It's unfortunate. Oh, I, I think it's going to take, but at the same time, I think we can exponentially go a little bit quicker on, to the other side of things. Yeah. Faster. Too. Well, I can say that I, f I do feel hopeful in all of it. I mean, for things like this, for what you do and mm -hmm. bring awareness and education to it, it's, it's tremendously helpful. Yeah. And I can say like in the law enforcement, for being there for almost 19 years now and what a tough group that is yeah. <laughs> like we are we're difficult when it comes to change and we're all type a personalities but i've seen such a huge change over the years of when i started with the peer support yeah. stuff 
I mean, they, they were really like, there was a lot of pushback. And now I can tell you that the majority of cops will reach out. So I, I can, I'm hopeful, but they also, it's taken a lot of work and a lot of time and a lot of talking to cops about it right from the beginning, from the academy, we, we, uh, you know, address it. Yeah. So I'm hopeful, but yeah. like you said, I, there needs to be change. There right? needs to be change. And, and, and we wish it could be happening like overnight, which could be like, yep, tomorrow, this is what's going to happen. We're going to have all these things implemented, but this is a slow thing. And that's what I want to do. And I know that's what you're trying to do is like, I'm going to do as much as I can. And hopefully that, you know, percolates out yeah. and reverberates out around us that, you know, people are more aware of it. I mean, we talk about it on the, on the K-Rock morning show quite a bit. Yeah. Because myself and Cody and Josh have all experienced it. Josh has been experiencing it for years. You know, it's a big part of our lives. Yeah. You know, so we talk about it quite a bit and not to bring the somber, you know, not to make it somber, but, you know, just to make it real. You know, this is not always just okay. We're just doing goofy shit on the radio, you know. Well, we're, we're I think no it different. makes a difference for what it's worth. Yeah, any, it any, is. Anytime you can have a conversation about it, I think it really is a positive. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm hopeful, you know. I'm very hopeful for it. And uh, you got the the new chief that's been in, in place. Is he, he seems obviously very supportive of the whole, all these programs and everything. Yes. Yeah. I will. Like I said, we are really lucky at our department that right from the beginning of it, from all the administration that we've had up until current administration, they are very supportive of what we do as a peer support team and anything that we need to, to help our officers out in yeah. that way. When you were in the academy 19 years ago, was that something that was addressed? It was touched upon, right. but was it, it like was like, class? it like was like health class. class. Yeah. It was not something yeah. that we really talked about. Yeah. But that's all comes from a generation that yes. they didn't do that. No. You know, you're talking about, you know, World War II veterans and Vietnam veterans that were just like, we don't just brush it off. You know, you, you you're a man, you're a man yep. or, you know, you're, you know, you're a tough person. Tough, yeah. You know, you're not, but you're not. Yeah. And, and we're seeing what happens when we don't do that. So yes. we got to take our thing. So thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Of course. You know, um, there's a couple of, is there anything outside of the police department that you could suggest for people to, you know, any peer support groups or anything that you know of that's not police related or something that, you know, normal, you know, some of our listeners aren't involved in that, that, you know, that you're like, Hey, I believe in this. Cause there's one that I'm going to have, I'm going to have this woman in. These two women and have two brothers light, which is uh, yeah. which which is a great thing. I'm going to have them on soon. Uh, I'm I'm going to push for the, you know I, I push a lot of people that way. But do you do you have anything you know? There's definitely a lot of resources out there, and locally we have a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that Onondaga County and the people that we have in Onondaga County, the doctors and social workers, we have a fantastic group here that are working currently to make things more accessible for all kinds of help for our community. And I have been a little bit involved in that. Um, there's a Onondaga County Coalition for Suicide Prevention, and there's websites for that. And there's suicide uh, prevention websites. There's uh, phone numbers. Yeah. And I'm going to link in, in the yes. description. I'm going to link all that stuff. I'm going to link the ones that I got. I'm the, the more, the better, because not everything is going to be for every person. Right. You know, so the more the more options they got, the better we, better we really arm they are, are. We are really are lucky to be in this community here. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people who really care and want to make things better for the community in general. Specific to law enforcement, there's an organization called BlueHelp.com. They have a Facebook page and Instagram, and they are dedicated to um, reducing and educating for suicide prevention and law enforcement. And they're a fantastic group. Um, they're constantly constantly working really hard against that. Cool. Well, again, thank you. I want to say one more thing. When this episode airs, it's probably me after this. 
So congratulations. Thank you. You're getting married. Yep. I am. Awesome. Yep. I'm stoked for you. <laughs> thank you so, so much. So everybody out there listening say woohoo. Yay. <laughs> so and thank you for coming in. And Bo Prey, Syracuse Police Officer and Peer Support Group for Syracuse Police Department. Everybody, thank you for listening. Stay tuned for my album pick of the week and the weekly discussion. The album pick of the week. This week, my album that gives me when I need to get out of a funk. I listened to Zach Wilde's Book of Shadows. Very underrated record. Zach Wilde, a guitar player from Black Label Society and Ozzy Osbourne. His first solo record on his own, Book of Shadows. Check it out on Spotify, iTunes, or anywhere you can listen to music. Yeah!